What's possible if you let go of the shoulds, right wrongs, and supposed tos? What could you create? Who would you get to be? And what would you experience as a leader, parent, colleague, or whatever hat you're wearing? What qualities would you bring to the space? This podcast will invite and empower you to step over the idea of waiting for tomorrow or for someday and begin today of foraging hand in hand with your fear, your first bold leaps towards the life, team, or business that truly fills you up and inspires you. Hi, I'm your host, Rebecca Zimmerman, executive life and leadership coach and recovering perfectionist. If you believe it's time to step out of the rat race and into your own success on your own terms, you're in the right place. Welcome to Trailblazing Growth. Welcome back. Today, we are talking about taking things personally, taking things personally, or stop taking things personally. It's more of a directive. And taking things personally is a reflection that I wish I would have received a long time ago, but I wasn't getting support, so I never received it. And because I never received the reflection, it crumbled me. Me taking things personally crumbled me. And so today we're talking about why we take things so personally, common places, common experiences, common scenarios where we take things personally, what happens when you take things personally, how to notice if you're taking things personally, and then what to do next. So why do we take things so personally? Well, we take things personally because it's easy. It's really easy if you're not getting support. It's really easy if you're not gaining elevation over your everyday life, over the weeds or over the trees of your life. And that's because in the absence of data, your mind, my mind, everybody's mind makes things up to make sense of things. So in absence of data, our minds make things up. And so if you're out of practice, what your mind typically makes up is something bad, something negative about you, which is that part of making it personal to you. You're making it mean that you, your brain is making it mean that you did some sort of bad job and you're taking it personally, and it's affecting you. So it comes down to interpretations. People take things personally because they're making an interpretation. They have a situation in front of their hands. They can't discern what's fact, what's interpretation, what's hearsay. They can't discern. And so they interpret. And when you interpret, you're creating data and you're making it mean something about you. So that's kind of the why behind it of why do we even take things personally? So common places that you take things personally, money. Money is really an easy place to take things personally. A colleague gets a promotion, but you don't. Really easy to make it mean that you're doing a bad job, something personal about you. Your competitor brick and mortar business competitor has more traffic than you do. So you naturally assume they're making more money than you do. And therefore like they're doing something better than you or people kind of being like a jerk to you is an easy place to take things personally. Really easy to take things personally is when somebody's being a jerk. And 
The piece that I have there is you can't control other people's reactions at all. You can't control how somebody else shows up. And so I have a, an example here and it was just yesterday. I was driving, I was driving in a car. I was the driver and I was trying to merge from one lane to the other. I had my blinker on. There was space between me and the car I was merging in front of. It was clear for me to merge over. And this dude that was behind me, that was in the other lane that I was merging in front of, so much distance, so much distance between me and him. And I'm assuming that he was ticked off. And so he zoomed up next to me. He actually got so close that I thought he was going to take my rear mirror off or excuse me, my side mirror off, my driver's side mirror off. And it didn't matter if I had my blinker on. It didn't matter if I was a mile in front of him. It didn't matter what I was doing. I had no control over his reaction. It didn't matter how reasonable I was being. He just reacted the way he did. Another commonplace is in business or as a parent, You know, it's really easy to see your business's success or your business's failures personal to you. It's really easy to see your kids' success or your kids' like failing grades or tantrums personal to you. Like you're doing something wrong as a parent. You're being a bad parent because you can't control. And so these are all common areas that people take things so personally. And like I have taken things so personally. So I'm, I'm in that pool also. And I say failure and success as it relates to business or failure and success as it relates to kids or even failure and success as it relates to like promotions, because that's how most people relate to those situations. They use those words despite that I really don't care for those words. And I don't care for those words because it feeds in, it perpetuates the the good-bad paradigm, the right-wrong paradigm. If you make money, that's good and therefore successful. If you don't make money, then your business is failing and you're a failure. And so it's a really slippery slope of like the failure and success and how easily tightly wound that is to good-bad, right-wrong, with money, with success, with failure, and all the things. So those are really common areas that people take things so personally, especially with business leaders when you know you have to follow the OSHA regulations. And let's say that you had a spot OSHA inspection and the OSHA inspection came up with a blemish. Are you making that personal to you? Are you making it mean like, shit, I didn't train well enough. Shit, I don't know what I'm doing. Shit, something bad about you. Like I'm not doing a good enough job or my reputation is going to be faltered. And all of a sudden, like your business's blemishes, your business's, some would call it failures, have something to mean about you. There's so much connection between your personal worth, your self-worth, to this other person, this other thing over there. Really easy to do. All right, I'm quickly jumping in to tell you about Heal the Bullshit Hustle. It's a mastermind beginning this April and it's for the fierce female treading water, running herself ragged, who's ready to step in her power, work less and find her joy. 
This woman feels like she's on a hamster wheel, always on the go. She has a thousand hats, which come with even more responsibilities. Her brain is always on. She doesn't feel like she has real friends and she really wants them. Her personal life is left with the breadcrumbs and she doesn't know what joy or pleasure even feels like anymore because she's always hustling. I'm here to tell you it doesn't have to be like this. I know because I was her. I'm here to help women step into their power without burning out. It's my mission to help women just like her move past the self-defeating behaviors and crappy inner chatter into a freedom and pleasure-filled life that she desires. The life where she takes exotic vacations and doesn't lose everything that she's worked so hard to create. She gets to rest guilt-free. You know, when you actually rest and you're not judging yourself as being lazy or you're not thinking, oh my gosh, I have to go clean the closet out in order to feel productive. That's guilt-free rest when you don't have to think about that stuff. And she has real friends and her smile returns and she feels energized and vibrant and she trusts her intuition more than she can imagine was possible to give her access to this ease-filled life. If this resonates with you, then this is for you. Click my show notes and register for my Heal the Bullshit Hustle Mastermind. Two coaches, one sisterhood. It begins in April of 2023. All right, back to the show. And so, and that's the hook, right? The hook of something bad happened. So therefore I am bad or I'm doing a bad job. It's attaching your own self-worth, also known as making it personal. And what happens when you take things personally is that shame shows up. Like I'm doing a bad job. I am bad. I'm, you know, it's, it's that shame or it's personal satisfaction that happens. And that typically is when you're pushing your child in the grocery cart and you look at this other family, they have like a child in their grocery cart and that child is completely flipping out and having a tantrum. Like, do you have some personal satisfaction of like, I have my shit together. Look, my kid's not flipping out right now. My kid's so well behaved. Like, oh, that must mean I'm just like an excellent parent. And so like, that's that personal satisfaction that happens when you are attaching your personal worth, your self-worth to this other human being that you have no control over. That's the attaching, you're making it personal to you. And so your brain actually gets hooked to that feeling and the sensation that comes with these experiences, hooked into actively avoiding shame. Well, I don't want to feel like a crappy parent, so I'm going to try to control, control, control my child when we're going into a grocery store, when we are in a grocery store, because I want to avoid, I'm actively avoiding feeling like I'm a crappy parent uh, because I'm making it mean something. I'm, a, I'm making it personal to the way my child is behaving. Or your brain actually gets hooked to constantly seeking that personal satisfaction of I have to keep making more and more and more money because money makes me successful and then makes me good enough and all of the things. It's, it's personally, you're making it personal. And so how do you notice? So the easiest way, the most effective way is getting support. Getting support from somebody who can be objective with you. They're not in relationship with you outside of outside of this relationship of giving you reflections, of giving you feedback in a constructive way, in a healthy way, in a collaborative, co-creative way. 
Typically, this is a coach, this is a leader, this is a mentor, this is not your spouse, this is not your parent, this is not your friend or your family member, because there's too, there's, the proximity is too close, there's too many other things that are in balance with that relationship. So getting support, how to notice, get support. And when you're taking things so personally, that also means like you're listening to the cheap seats of your life. You're listening to the box seats of your life. If you ever have read Dr. Brene Brown or listened to Dr. Brene Brown, she talks a lot about the arena and the arena of vulnerability. Like you're in the arena and in the arena, there's all these different sections. There's the cheap seats and those are the people who aren't in the arena with you. They've never been in the arena. They really don't plan on going into the arena with you, but boy, are they going to hurl advice at you. And so you listen to all those people. It means you're listening to all those people when you're taking things personally. Oh, I'm not doing this wrong. Oh, I need to do this better. And like in the meantime, they're just sitting there eating their popcorn and their bonbons like in the cheap seats. Or you're listening to the box seats. And the box seats are composed of people who have previously been in the arena. They have built the arena, but it's they've built the arena for people who look just like them, who act just like them, who perform just like them. And so when you keep, and they're like above you, they, they put themselves above you or they see themselves as above you, but they're still not in the arena. They probably haven't been in the arena in a while, or they think that they've been in your arena but you're actually in a different arena and they can't see that. And like, you can't see that because you're listening to them and they're making, like they're putting so much emphasis on how you're doing things wrong. And so that's kind of the box seats of the, of the space. And so when you're taking things personally, you're really putting a lot of credence. You're really listening to the cheap seats. You're really listening to the box seats you're living in comparison of how they would do it, how you should do it based on what they're saying, based on people seeing that other person is successful, people seeing that other parent as a better parent, and you're living in comparison. And you're also seeing things through scarcity. There's only one way to be a good parent. There's only one way to be a successful business owner. And then you're being fueled by doubt. So this is the world that gets created when you're taking things so personally. And so once you see that you're making something about you, you have the opportunity to shift it. It's that moment where you can see like, huh, I think I'm listening to the cheap seats right now. Like, I think I'm taking things really personally right now as I stand here and I'm like placing judgment on this other family or I'm placing judgment on myself because My child is having a tantrum in the middle of the grocery store. Right now, I can see I'm making this personal about me. Like, I'm embarrassed I'm making this personal about me. Or I feel ashamed that we have an OSHA violation, whatever it might be. It's in that moment between you and that stimuli that there lies a choice. There's like this gap. You think of like you're a visual person. It's like there's this gap between your reaction and the stimuli that got you here. There's a gap. And in that gap, there's a choice. And here in this choice, you have an opportunity to shift away from the old story that keeps singing or keeps playing in your head of like, you're a bad parent. You need to keep behaving or controlling in this, attempting to control in this way in order to be that good, successful 
prominent business owner, whatever it might be. It's that moment that you have a choice for yourself and you're creating a choice. And so what to do next is notice the story in your head. Notice if your mood or your behavior has shifted from that story. And in this place, you have a choice to shift it, to choose something else, to stand for something else. In that moment of, oh, wow, we have an OSHA violation and I'm making this mean something about me. It's in that place of having a choice of my business's mishaps, my business's money, my business's profit are my business's, like, it's its own. It's separate from me. And it's constantly choosing to come from that place and reminding yourself over and over and over again. It's an active muscle to develop over and over and over again. It's being in that grocery store and being like, my child's super expressive right now. Like something is upsetting my child and he's flipping out. He's having a tantrum. And that doesn't mean that I'm a bad parent. That doesn't mean I'm a neglectful parent. It doesn't mean anything about me. What it means is my child is super expressive and like he has an unmet need. And coming from that place and standing from that place, it's like layer by layer peeling off this attachment that it has to you. So you can show up powerfully. You can show up in a way where you're not shifting your behavior. Your mood is not shifting because you're atta- like you're removing your attachments to this other person or to this other thing. When I was driving that car and that guy almost hit me, like completely almost sideswiped me intentionally. Like in that moment, I had an opportunity to be pissed because that's the old Rebecca. And like the old Rebecca probably would have started tailgating this dude just to like, I don't even know what, out of principle. And so it was in that moment that I was just like, okay, that, that happened. So who do I want to be about it? Well, I still want to have a great day. I want to have a calm day. And I'm going to come from the place of like, I can hold anger and I can hold what I want to stand for the day at the same time. Now, I'm, I'm not trying to fix the anger or fix the shock from that guy almost sideswiping me. I'm not trying to fix anything. I want to hold both at the same time because they're both valid. I intend to have a calm, productive, whatever type of day, whoever I want to be in that day. Who do I need to be in order to be productive? Who do I need to be in order to stay calm or whatever it is? And stand for that while I'm also holding this other emotion of like anger or shock. So I don't try to dissolve or shove down further inside of me and make it wrong that I have anger. And so that's kind of the other nuanced form of attachment or the nuanced form of making it personal. It's like, oh, I'm about to make this personal. That's wrong of me. And so therefore I don't like my feelings surrounding it are invalid. And so then there's like, it's like shame slapped on top of shame. And so that's where support really comes in handy. And it's really necessary in order to just show up powerfully as you show up powerfully as the leader you want to be, as the parent you want to be, as the spouse that you want to be and make a real shift, make a real reframe of your life and really start noticing who you're being in the moment because that dictates your day, that dictates your life. And once you can start seeing your reaction and your stimuli in the gap and seeing that you have choice, 
that's where the real transformation lives. So notice the story in your head. Notice if your mood or your behavior has shifted from the story and get support noticing the story through the weeds, through the trees, through all of it to gain elevation. So that's the practice for you is simply noticing and practicing a new place to come from. All right, guys, thanks so much and keep trailblazing growth and taking those bold leaps. If you'd like to connect, send me an email to coach at trailblazersgrowth.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at trailblazersgrowth. Finally, make sure to check out my website, trailblazersgrowth.com for all details about individual coaching and upcoming group programs. See you next time.